Today I'm wrapping up the series called Authority Issues. I want to talk to you about being trapped in rebellion. Throughout this series, we've learned a lot. We, we, we've laid a foundation from God's word that we've, we, we, we've grown to understand that, that God is the one who instituted authority in the earth. God functions through authority. God works through authority. And when you and I honor authority, we honor God. When you and I submit to those in authority, we are submitting to God and honoring God and God blesses us. God God protects us. I, I gave an illustration on, on the first week and Chris did the second week as well about an umbrella. When you and I are under authority, we're under covering. We're under God's protection. We are experiencing God's best blessings in our life and now here's the here's the dilemma we, we've talked about this being under authority and and how we need to honor authority and it honors God when we honor authority and some of you have heard that the last several weeks you you you, you you've, you've kind of downloaded that into your mind and yet you're struggling with submitting to authority you are trapped in rebellion you you know you know where the blessed place is you know how to honor god and yet you find yourself still trapped in rebellion and what i want to do today is i want to get you free from from the traps the enemy's trying to lay in your life to keep you in rebellion and to cause you to miss out on god's best blessings in your life what i want to do today is give you three insights three insights on why people stay trapped in rebellion Three insights on why people stay trapped in rebellion. Number one is this. Our culture celebrates rebellion. Our culture celebrates rebellion. It's very important that you understand if you're going to follow God and obey God's word in this area of your life, you will have to go against culture. You'll have to go against the grain of what culture says. You see, our culture teaches us to be rebellion. Our, our culture says things like, you just be independent. You just be totally independent. You, you don't need anybody else. You just do what you want to do. You're your own man. You're your own woman. Nobody can tell you what to do. Nobody can tell you how to run your life. You just do whatever you want to do. Matter of fact, if you're at work and you don't like the boss, you don't like your job, you just quit. Just quit. Walk on out. You know you're your own man. Nobody can tell you what to do. It's your way or the highway. That's how we operate. You're at the ball game and your kid is on the team and you don't like the coach. You don't like what's happening. You just quit. Come on, we just leave. We're not going to put up with all this. We're just going to do our own thing. That's what culture says, sir. Just tear down leadership. Just tear down the coach. Just tell down those in the thought. Just whip them to shreds. Have them for lunch when you're eating. Just whip them up. Just tear down authority. That's what culture says. And, and even in the church, culture has begun to influence the way the church responds to those in authority. And many people in God's kingdom are more influenced by culture than they are God's word. They're taking their cues from culture instead of taking their cues from God's word. Matter of fact, I hear this a lot. I hear a lot of Christians say things like this. Well, well, I, I can just bypass authority on the earth because, you see, I only answer to God. 
So I don't listen to nobody else. I, I just bypass all this human authority on earth because I'm just answering only to God. I'm only accountable to God. No man can tell me what to do. No woman can tell me what to do. I just answer to the Lord. Matter of fact, my boss comes to me and asks me to do something. You know what I do? I just pray about it. I just pray about it. And sometimes I feel like the Lord wants me to do something different, and I do it. Well, what you feel is not the Lord. That's diarrhea. That's not the Lord. That's our culture talking to you. Because, listen, God is the one who has established authority in the earth. And when we rebel against what God has established, we're rebelling against the Lord. The Bible says it like this, Romans chapter 13 and verse number 1. Everyone, everybody shout everyone. In other words, none of us are exempt. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. And now the Bible broadens it out to all authority. And it says, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. When you and I rebel against authority, we rebel, uh, rebel against human authority, which God is the one who has established authority in the earth. The Bible says we're rebelling against God Almighty. It goes on to say, and those who do so, those who rebel, will bring judgment on themselves. Notice it does not say when you rebel against authority, when you do your own thing, when you're your own man, you're your own woman, it doesn't say you'll walk in blessing. It doesn't say you experience God's best. It says they bring judgment on themselves. You see, friends, a rebellious heart is a prideful heart. I'm going to say that again. A rebellious heart is a prideful heart. And that's the exact opposite of what God wants from you and I. The Bible says this in Psalm chapter 51 and verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Everybody shout, broken Come on, shout it one more time. Broken. Now, I want you to catch this. This is so key to where we're going today in this talk. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and the contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. And friends, when we rebel against authority, we aren't broken. We are full of pride. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says God resists the proud. God opposes the proud. And that's why you and I have to be broken before God. We need to have a broken heart, a broken spirit before the Lord. Now, now understand this because oftentimes when we hear the word broken, we think of it in a negative connotation. But, but when Scripture talks about being broken, that, that's not about being weak. Being broken does, has nothing to do with being weak. Being broken has everything to do with submitting to authority. Not, not weak. It's not negative. It's submitting to authority. This summer, my family went to, to visit Tiffany's parents. And her dad and mom have a, a farm there in Nebraska. And they have some horses there. And the kids love the ride, the horses. And Tim, my, my wife's father, had the grandkids out there, and they were out there riding the horses. And I went out there just to hang out and to play with the kids and watch them ride the horse. And I said to Tim, Tim, shouldn't you have the, the kids on the smaller 
on the smaller pony. I'm concerned, you know, as a dad. I mean, put the kids on the smaller pony and not on the big old quarter horse. And, and Tim began to tell me, well, well, Herbert, you see that little pony? That little pony is ornery. That little pony, that little pony does what it wants to do. He said, little Shetland ponies just have something in their makeup that just make them ornery. And, and you, you, can't, you, you don't know what that little pony is going to do. I'm telling you, that little pony, it just, it, it just runs around and prances. You try to catch it, it just runs from you and looks at you. No matter what you do, he said, that little pony's ornery. It may just buck. It may take off running real fast and make the kids fall. He said, that little pony is dangerous for the kids. He said, this big old quarter horse is a lot more safe for the kids because this quarter horse has been broken. And this quarter horse, man, it, it, it's been broken, and so it listens to authority. Matter of fact, you tell the quarter horse, whoa, it'll, it'll stop. You, you, you can lead the quarter horse around, and it won't buck, and it won't try to knock the kids off. It won't try to rear up. It, it won't, it, it's just submitted to authority. And he says, listen, 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 this quarter horse, because it's submitted to authority, you know what? It's useful. Now, that quarter horse is useful. The kids can ride on it. You can ride, ride, ride it around the pasture. You can make it go around barrels. It just follows the thought. Now, that, that little pony, it's not useful. It just runs around the pasture, runs around. Cocky. You ain't going to catch me. I'll do what I want to do. You can't catch me. It's, it's rebellious. And you know what? Some of you are Shetland ponies. You just run around. You can't tell me what to do. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. You just leave me alone. And you know what you need? You need to be broken. You need... Whoa! Some of you on your head. You need to be broken. Because you know what? You're not useful to God. You're just running around arrogant, full of pride, don't listen to anybody, won't submit to anybody, and you're not very useful to the Lord. And God says, what I desire is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. And you can be as big as a quarter horse, and I can use your life when you're submitted to authority. Be broken. There's a second thing that I want you to see. First of all, our culture celebrates rebellion. Number two is this. Our flesh naturally leads us to rebel. Our flesh naturally leads us to rebel. Check this out in Romans chapter 8, verse number 6. It says, the mind of the sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. When our mind is controlled by the Holy Spirit... It's life and peace. Verse 7, the sinful mind is hostile to God or rebels against God. It does not submit to God's law. It's not broken. The sinful mind, it's, it's not broken. It doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Check this out. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Friends, if we let our flesh, if we let our flesh run our life instead of the power of the Holy Spirit, it will naturally lead us to rebel. Can I tell you that our flesh doesn't want to submit to God's laws? Our flesh does not want to submit to God's ways. Our flesh wants to do its own 
thing. If we let our flesh, and, and those of you in this place that are Christians, that are followers of Jesus, that have given your life to Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And if the Holy, if you don't let the Holy Spirit have control of your life and you let the flesh run your life, your flesh will naturally lead you to rebel against authority. I have four kids, and when my wife and I put our four kids down to bed, we put them down separately, and we usually start with our youngest one our three-year-old little case, and we usually go into his room and pray for him, and he says a prayer, and sometimes we read a Bible story to him or some story to him, and, and then I always leave. When I leave the room, I say, don't talk, don't play, go to sleep. Then we go to Karis's room, and we close the door and go to her room, my little five-year-old daughter, and we do the same thing for her. I leave, every time I leave, I always say, don't talk, don't play, go to sleep. I close the door, and then we go to our boys' room, and our two oldest boys, they share a room, and we pray for them, and, and they say a prayer, and oftentimes read a story to them, and I say the same thing to them. Don't talk. Don't play. Go to sleep. Now, I have a habit. When I, when I walk back, back past Karis and Casey's room, the two younger ones, I always scream through the door. Kids, don't you talk and play. Now, you heard what daddy said. You go to sleep in there. Now, don't you play. I, don't, I don't always say that. And about a week or two ago, I did that same routine. I went in the kitchen. I was getting me a snack to eat. And I decided, you know what? Let me just drop back by the kids' rooms. And so I go to Karis's room first and I open the door. And Karis Marie is on the floor with her baby dolls playing. I open the door. Our eyes lock. And I gave her the death look. I mean, you know what I said. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you? I didn't teach my baby girl to do that. I didn't say, hey, baby, baby, listen, listen. Let me, let me teach you how to rebel against authority. Let me teach you. Let me tell you. What you do now, baby, is when daddy and mommy tuck you in your bed, pray for you, and daddy walks out and says, don't talk, don't play, turn the lights off, and don't, 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 don't get out of your bed, go to sleep. And when I come back by your room the last time and I scream, that's your cue. Come on, get a snack. Don't watch TV with your mama. So your cue is when I do that, get out your bed real quiet. Now don't, be, don't make noise. And don't turn your lights on, Karis, because daddy and mommy will find out. And you go real quiet, and you just play with your Barbie dolls. And I'll never, I didn't, I didn't teach that child that. She came up with that all on her own. Because our flesh naturally leads us to rebel against authority. Some of you have your flesh is in charge and it naturally leads you to rebel against. Your, 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 your boss says, you get an hour for lunch. I'm not taking no, who's going to tell me I can take an hour? I'm taking an hour and 15 minutes. You can't tell me how long I'm getting for no lunch. I'll be back when I get back. Yeah, it's your, your flesh leads you to naturally rebel. The teacher says to the class, I don't want any talking in the class. I don't want you, I, 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 I don't want you interacting with any other students. I just want you doing your work. Concentrate, keep quiet, and do your work. You know, back when we were in school, we used to write notes. Pass that one, pass that one. Now they don't write notes, they text. You ain't going to tell me. Well, I'm not being quiet. You just think I'm going to be quiet. Because our flesh naturally leads us to rebel, to do what we want to do and i want to take it a step further because because our flesh also leads us to rebel with our attitude 
not just with our actions, but our flesh leads us to rebel with our attitudes. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 17. It says, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Obey and your leaders and submit to their authority. Now, now the context of this portion of scripture is talking about spiritual leaders. It's talking about leaders in the church, pastors and elders in the church. But, but I, I want us to just to get a principle from this portion of scripture. Now, now notice this, we're called to obey and to submit to authority. And there's a difference between the two. You see, obeying has to do with our response to authority. Obeying has to do with our actions. But, but, but submission deals with the attitude of the heart. It deals with our attitude towards authority. And friends, can I tell you that we can obey and not submit to authority. It happens all the time. People will obey authority and they do it with a bad attitude. Well, can would you do this, please? Would you take care of this at the workplace? Would you handle that? I guess because I love the Lord. I'll do it. Well, can, can you take care of that for me? We can, can you, can we, will you take care of this? This is your assignment. Well, I guess it's my pastor is teaching on authority right now. I guess I'll do it this week. If that's your response to authority, can I tell you you're wrong? Because the Bible says that you and I are called to obey and to submit. Not Our actions are important, but also our attitude is important. Let me take it another step. Some of you in this place, you, you submit to authority, but you don't obey. You submit, but you don't obey. I call that nice rebellion. You ever met somebody like that? This nice rebellion. You ever met somebody that they're just so sweet? Will you take care of this? Oh, yes. I'd be glad to do it. Thank you for thinking of me. I will be glad. I will have that done by tomorrow. But they don't do it. How many of you know some folks like that? You know what I mean? But they don't ever do it. They're just nice and sweet and kind, but they don't do it. That's called nice rebellion. And the Bible says, as a follower of Christ, we're called to obey and to submit. Our actions matter and our attitude matters. You know what this flesh wants to do? This flesh left, left alone wants to rebel against authority, wants to rebel against what God says. And you know what we have to do to this flesh? We need to get it broken. We need God to take control. We need the Holy Spirit to lead our lives. We need to get a broken heart. We need to get a broken spirit before God so that we can be useful to the master instead of running wild and doing our own thing. There's a third thing that I want you to see, a third insight to why people don't submit to authority, why people stay trapped in rebellion. Number three is this, bad leadership causes many to rebel. Bad leadership. And some of you in this place today, you are trapped in rebellion. Some of you watching online, you're trapped in rebellion because someone in authority has abused you. Someone in authority has deeply hurt you. Maybe it was a parent or a relative and they deeply hurt you. Maybe it was verbal abuse from a coach of a boss 
from a teacher. Maybe it was abuse from an ex-spouse. And you find yourself hurting. And you find yourself wounded. And I can relate because there have been people in authority in my life that have hurt me and deeply wounded me. You know what oftentimes happens? Is we get wounded and we get hurt. And somebody in authority lets us down. They do us wrong. They abuse us. You know oftentimes what happens is we don't let God deal with that in our heart. And it turns into bitterness. And now we find ourselves lashing out at authority all the time. Now we find ourselves rebelling against authority all all the time. Now we find ourselves trapped in rebellion because of what somebody has done to us in the past. And the Bible says this in Psalms chapter 147 and verse number 3. It says, he heals, talking about God. God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You know what my hope and my prayer is? Is that today in this place, those watching online, that the Holy Spirit would deeply minister to your heart today. That we'd heal your broken heart. That you would let go of the pain that you would let go of the bitterness, that you would let go of the grudge. Because you know what happens when you hold on to it and you just rebel against authority? The Bible says, I read it to you earlier in Romans 13, you don't help yourself, you're not blessing yourself. The Bible says you just bring judgment on yourself. Can I encourage you, as I had to do myself, would you let go of the pain, the hurt? Would you forgive? Would you let God heal you today so that you can experience his best blessings and respond properly? to authority. Also, there's another reason people respond with with bad leadership. And and some of you in this place, you're trapped in rebellion because you're under harsh leadership. You know what happens to people? People get under harsh leadership and they feel like they have the right to rebel. Well, I got the right to rebel because I'm I'm under bad leadership. I'm under harsh leadership. How many of you realize that some people in authority can be jerks? How many know that? Yeah, yeah. That they can be a, a jerk. What does the Bible say about that? When we're under bad leadership, we're under harsh leadership, we're under a boss who's a jerk. The Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 13. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake. Not for your sake. Not for my sake. For the Lord's sake. To every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority. And five verses later, the same context about submitting ourselves for the Lord's sake to those in authority. Peter goes on to write in verse 18, slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect. In our context, in our society, that would be the employee and employer relationship in, in the workplace. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters or to your bosses with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. The Bible says that our response as a Christian, when we are under authority that's harsh, under a bad boss, our response should to have a good attitude, a submissive attitude, an attitude that honors them, that we don't respond with a nasty, wrong attitude. Can I tell you, two wrongs don't make a right. The Bible goes on to say in verse number 19, for it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. In other words, the Bible teaches this. The Bible says if you're under harsh leadership, you're under a bad leader, you're under somebody, a boss that that you don't like and that they don't treat you right, the Bible says, listen, it's commendable. God gives favor. God looks favorable upon somebody who responds right 
to bad leadership. There's a right way to respond and a wrong way to respond. And the Bible says when you respond right, you respond with a submissive heart, you honor them even though they're flawed and they're a jerk. The Bible says it's commendable. God is commendable to God when you do that because you're aware of your heavenly father. Verse 20 says this, but how is it to your credit how, how is it that God will look commendable upon you? How is it that God will look favorably upon you if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? In other words, you just do wrong all the time because you don't like your boss. And the Bible says you get disciplined, but you, there, 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 there's no favor from God because you are in the wrong. And two wrongs don't make a right. And God doesn't look favorable, favorably upon that kind of attitude and response. It goes on to say, but if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God, verse 21, to this you were called. I don't like that verse. Come on, just look at your neighbor and say, to this you were called. Come on, just tell them, yeah, uh-huh. To this you were called. Can I tell you, there are times as a follower of Christ that we're called to suffer for his namesake. We're called to suffer for his namesake. Oh, I knew I wouldn't get any amens. I know online you're amen at me. They're not amen at me here, but I know online you're amen at me. We don't like that kind of teaching, but it's biblical. There are times that we're called to suffer for Christ's sake. And he says, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. I want to give you three quick thoughts Three quick thoughts. When we respond right with the right attitude, the right actions to bad leadership, first of all, we are becoming more like Christ. The Bible says, to this you were called. Because Christ suffered, he left us an example of how we should live our lives. Can I tell you, you're becoming more like Christ. You're becoming more Christ-like. You know, the second thing is this. You're becoming a powerful witness in your workplace. When you respond with the right heart and the right attitude, because most people don't, people look at you and go, something's different about her. Something's different about him. And you become a great witness for the Lord. And there's a third thing. When you respond with the right attitude and the right heart, you are making room for God's judgment. You're making room for God's judgment. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 12 and verse 19. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And when God repays, hello. Now, now, now here, here's what some of you are thinking right now. You're saying, pastor, 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 what if someone in authority asked me to do something that goes against God's word? How do I respond to that? Somebody asked me to do something that goes against God's word. Let me say this to you. The Bible teaches this. If someone asks you to do something that goes against God's word, you are released from obeying that person in authority because you're not supposed to disobey God's word for any human being. And there are many biblical examples of this, and, and I want to just share a few with you today just so you can have some some application on what this looks like. In Daniel chapter 3, this is dealing with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king had made an order that everyone had to worship the golden image. And, And the Bible says in verse 18 that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their response was, but even if he doesn't, even if God doesn't save us and we die in the fiery furnace, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. They said, listen, to the king, the most powerful person in the land. They said, king, listen, we respect you, we honor you, but we're not going to do what you've asked us to do. And they stood up for what was right. Can I tell you, 
There are times we're called to stand up for what's right. When, when, when there's a leader that's leading in a bad way, a leader that's asking us to do things that we shouldn't do, we are called to stand up for what is right. The Bible says this in Exodus chapter 1. In verse number 17, the king had, had told the midwives to kill all the Hebrew baby boys that were born. And their response to the king was this. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. The king asked him to do something that went against God's word. And even though he was the king, the most powerful man in the land, the midwives said, we can't do that, king. We're not going to disobey God. And they stood up for what was right. And we're called to stand up for what is right. Acts chapter 4 and verse 18 says this. Let me give you another example. Then they called them, the leaders, called them in again and commanded them, the apostles, not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. So the leader said, listen, don't preach in Jesus' name. Don't teach about Jesus anymore. And the disciples said, listen, we know you're the leaders. We know you're running things around here, but we can't do that. You see, Jesus just told us in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, he told us before he went to heaven that we needed to preach the gospel to the entire world. He told us to preach the good news, and we can't disobey God so that we can obey you. And they stood up for what was right. Let me give you one more example, one more example, because there are times, listen, if somebody asks us to do something that goes against God's word, we need to stand up for what's right. Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 10 says, let me give you some context. The, 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 the ruler of the land, the king of the land, had put a decree out. You can only pray to the king, only pray to the king. And here's Daniel's response in verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room with the windows open toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Daniel said, listen, king, I can't do what you're asking me to do. It goes against God's commands. And he continued to pray to the Lord. I want to wrap up by giving you three practical points here. Very, very, very helpful to you today. He said, pastor, if someone in authority asks me to do something that goes against God's word, how should I respond practically? Number one, pray. Do what Daniel did. Daniel went to the Lord in prayer. Can I tell you that God can change your boss's heart? God can change authority figures' hearts. God can change. And Daniel took it to the, he didn't go talk to the king first. He just went, he went and he began to talk to God. That, that, that's the first thing. Because God may change their mind. If they continue to insist that you do something that goes against God's word, the second thing is this, give a creative alternative, a creative alternative. Your, your boss may be saying, well, the, 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 this group is coming in and we need to close this business deal. And I want you to take these gentlemen to, to the strip club and so we can close this business deal with them. And some of you go, well, no, Pastor, I don't do that, but I will take them to Hooters. Hey, Lord, help them, Jesus. Help them, Lord. We're still trying to get you sanctified. Amen. We're trying to get you there. Amen. We're holding on and pressing on. No, you could offer a creative alternative. You say, you know, boss, I, can, can I take them to Charleston's or to Outback and talk to them there? And, and you give a creative alternative. You know, share, share, maybe share, share a little bit of your heart with them. Lovingly, kindly. Now, don't do this. Don't do this. Well, I'm a believer and you're a sinner. 
I live for God and you don't. I'm going to heaven and you're going to hell. I don't do strip clubs. <laughs> you won't get fired. That's not what I said. Lovingly give a creative alternative. Honor them, respect them. Number three, if they continue to persist that you can do the wrong thing, then you, you, you say lovingly, I can't do that. It goes against my standards. And you decline to do what they've asked you to do. And you say, Pastor, it may not turn out very well for me. You're right. To this, you were called. You just might get thrown into the lion's den. You just might get thrown into the fiery furnace. But you're a lot better off being thrown to the fiery furnace with God on your side. Than you are looking favorable in the eyes of man and disobeying your heavenly father. To this, you were called. God, break us. That we would be submitted to you and honor authority so that we can experience your best blessings.